It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Scott McDermott of the Sunday Mail and Gary Ralston of the Daily Record. This week we pick over the bones of a truly terrible result and performance as Rangers fall to defeat at Rugby Park and we ask, should Rangers cash in on Alfredo Morelos to fund a January recruitment drive? Scott, we're going to have to start with uh, Rugby Park. Very disappointing performance. Rangers fall into a 2-1 defeat. What was your initial reaction to the result and the performance? Um, well, I mean, I think the bigger picture, Johnny, which I'm sure we'll get into, will be the you know, the manager's choice of system, formation, given Davis and Devo, uh, Defoe their, their debuts, uh, with them obviously still looking a wee, bit, a wee bit rusty. But in terms of the performance itself, I mean, they started... No, Rangers obviously went into it off the back of the winter break and that win over Celtic, no, full of confidence and that's the way it looked for the first 20-25 minutes I thought. Um, I agree with Stephen Gerrard in that regard, I mean it was difficult to see how Kilmarnock uh, were going to get into the game, they weren't causing Rangers any real problems, Rangers looked a threat both from set pieces and open play. Defoe gets his goal, uh, a well-worked goal, you know, with some pressure on the, the Kelly goal. Um, and they could have got a second, Morelos hitting the post, a couple of other chances. But the key moment, uh, as Gerard said last night, was obviously Joe Worrell's um, no, inexplicable mistake, really. Uh, unforgivable, almost, not to have that much time in space on the ball at one nil up when you're on top away from home on a on a plastic pitch, you no, know, to taking a dilly dally the way he did on the ball and allow himself to, to get caught by Brophy. Um no not only was it a major setback to Rangers in the game, but it just gave Kelly that you no know, that belief that they hadn't had at the start of the they, they they didn't have at the start of the game. And I think, it all, as well as giving them just a lift for equalising and getting a goal, I think it was almost like the players, the, the Kelly players then sensed, no, there's a mistake in this Rangers team if we actually get after them and no, get up there, kind of, uh, no, no, get in about them when they're in possession, then we'll get a bit, of, a bit of joy. And they did that for the rest of the game, and that's what made it so difficult for Rangers to, uh, to, go, on and, to go on and win it. Gary... What is going through Joe Worrell's mind in that moment? <laughs> yeah, uh, I know what would have been going through his mind about uh, 10 seconds later. Yeah. Sheer complacency. Um, and and then afterwards, you know, kind of looking around as if to you know, suggest Scott and I were talking about it there, that no one was shown for him. I thought Arfield was, a, was, a, was, was the option for him and, and, and midfield had, had shown for him. But at that point, you either turn around and you knock the ball back to your keeper and then shirk your midfield for not showing. Yep. Or you 
simply play it safe and you kind of knock it down the park, even into, in, into the corner in a good old rugby fashion, and then you turn and say to your midfield, look, you're going to have to do better than me, uh, better for me here by, by, by showing. Um, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was complacency from, from Joe Warrow. I thought it was Stephen Gerrard. I'd, I'd have been tempted to, never mind wait until half-time, just hook him there and then, because yeah. it was uh, it was unforgivable mistake. I'd, I'd have taken him off at half-time, Johnny. I thought he looked complacent throughout that first half it was almost like it was too easy you know he had so much time in the ball I thought before he gifted the goal there was a few times where he was lackadaisical you know, him and Halliday seemed to be playing it back and forward to each other constantly without actually without actually going anywhere no, that's a theme isn't it from defence Rangers tend to yep. knock the ball about without any penetration from the defensive area going into midfield yep. and that moment where he lost the ball is a perfect example of it because he had three options if you watched sports scene last night they clearly yeah. highlighted there were several options on for him. And he did that turn, which anyone who's watched Rangers quite often this season, seen it time and time again. The defender puts their foot in the ball, turns back and yeah. knocks the ball back when there's an option going forward. You, you could Extremely sen- frustrating. You could sense there was a mistake coming. Uh, and touching on what Gary said, the other thing, from a tactical point of view, is that see, when you decide to go with two up front, you need to get the ball up even quicker you know, than you do with the, with the one up front. So if you're talking about... No, Rangers have been guilty of this earlier in the season, which is which is correct. And that was with one striker. And at times, of course, you can look up and only one guy up front, no, you might have a, a lack of options. But see, when you've got two, two main strikers up there, especially on that pitch, you need to get the ball up to them quicker. Um, and if Warrell was in any doubt, as Gary says, he should have just knocked it long, put it into a channel, and then grab his midfielders or his fullback or whoever and say, look, if we're going to play this way, you need to give me, you need to give me more options. I mean, for him to be, for him to be moaning about no a lack of options or somebody no showing. I mean, it was it's, it's almost like he's saying no, it was worth losing a goal just for the fact no I want to play out for the back. That that's ludicrous, especially at one 0 up. Um, and you could sense in the Stephen Gerrard interview that he was he was absolutely fuming with, with Warrow afterwards. Gary, if you watch uh, social media closely, or if you if you read the tweets that came out after the game, there's a lot of frustration about the situation with Warrell and Katic. Katic obviously came in, was excellent at the start of the season, had a couple of ropey games since, but that seemed to come from the fact that Warrell was brought into a key European tie, and Katic was then dropped. Do you feel that he's been unlucky and that Gerard should consider bringing him back in? That seems to be the sentiment that I see on Twitter, certainly. I have a degree of sympathy for Katic. I thought that he, him and Goldson looked to have been performing at a fairly settled um, manner at the start of the season, particularly uh, in Europe. Um but I do think that Katic, uh, I watched him at Hamilton Ackies uh, early in the season, Rangers eventually won 4-1, it was never a 4-1 game, um, and he was hooked and he looked incredibly uncomfortable uh, on that playing surface, so I don't know if that's come into Gerard's thoughts. And also you've got to say that Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister see Katic every day in training as well, so... He dropped out of the team. So, what's his response to that? What's his what? And this is maybe something that, that we don't know because we don't see it. So he's maybe put him out of the team, and he said, "Okay, then, you're a young guy. Show me what you can do. Show me you've got the bottle to to fight back from that." And maybe Katic hasn't been fighting back enough. And there's a few 
players at Rangers just now that I would think have they actually got the character to uh, to be able to handle the pressure of that? I think a guy's like Gresda, I think a guy that I first saw um, playing for the uh, for Osijek and really liked him, uh, Barisic as well. There seemed to be a, a Stephen Gerrard's comments at the weekend after the Helsinki game seemed to be tempered with a wee bit of frustration as well at the ease with which he goes down after a tackle and stays down. So maybe. Gerard is actually laying down the gauntlet to a few of these guys and saying, hey, listen, because he doesn't suffer fools. He never suffered fools as, as a player. Gerard Crouch tells a story about how the first thing uh, Gerard would do when a new player joined Liverpool is he would ping a pass to his feet at, at high speed and look for the first first touch <laughs> of the player. And if the first touch of the player was ropey, then it kind of put him on the back foot with, with Gerard as, as a player. So <clears throat> he doesn't suffer fools. So I just wonder if he's laid down a challenge to these players and said, listen, show me you've got the mentality, show me you've got the bottle, show me that you've got the character. And you can only suggest that possibly Katic has has, has not been shown enough in training to, to merit the, the manager um, putting some, some trust in him again. Gary brings up Barisic there and he wasn't even in the squad, Scott. Despite Stephen Gerrard saying pre-match that he was fit and available, so that tells its own story. Um, as Gary says, you could sense in Gerrard's voice at the weekend that he's not happy with. Uh, I don't think he's particularly happy with Barisic or Gresda. I know Gresda's injured at the moment, but he was certainly lending a marker with Barisic to tell him that he wasn't he wasn't happy. No, it, it was as if he was saying the slightest wee knock that Barisic gets. No, he's going to be for three or four weeks. That's not what Rangers need. No, we're getting to the business end of the season. Gerrard's going to need guys... No, it's going to play through a bit of pain. Uh, but see, this is where I through. think that you've also got to look at the director of football. And I was at the I was at the the AGM in which you heard Dave King uh, very eloquently state that one of the things that Rangers are doing now, in which they hadn't done in the past, well, in actual fact, they have done it throughout their history. As Celtic have done it in other clubs as well, as they do a character test for the players. What like yeah. are these guys? So on and so forth. So if these guys, if the character of these guys is uh, is to be questioned or to be found wanting, then you've got to be saying, yep. you know, I think. Mark Allen's done a, a, a good job overall at Rangers, but you know Rangers are spending big money in, in their terms, million and a half, two million quid. I know that it's um, it's, it's pennies in comparison to, the, to 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 England in particular, but their transfer recruitment policy has got to be spot on. Yeah. So you can't have the chairman standing up at the AGM and saying for the first time in in, in, in a number of years we're buying players that have got the real character, the desire, and they can cope with the pressure of playing for Rangers, and then. Uh, the suggestion clearly is that there's that there's three or four of them have been found wanting in in that regard as well. They've also they've spent a lot of money, no, they've spent a lot of money on the de- the defence. Full stop, Johnny. And yet they can't. No, Stephen Gerrard can't settle on a on a back four. Can't settle on a central defensive pairing. Um, left backs an issue. You've now got Andy Halliday who. No, as much as he's done great, was out the picture and certainly wasn't seen as a left-back uh, this time last year, so he's been filling in. You know, you think the money they've spent on getting Goldson and Katic in on transfer fees, a loan fee for Warrow, um, wages for the likes of Gareth McCauley, transfer fee for Barisic, a lot of money on that defence that still looks ropey away from home, which is a... Oh, which is a big problem for Gerard. What a difference a day makes. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe we're having this conversation because, you know, as as always, listen, the truth lies somewhere. There was there was there was euphoria around Ibrox after the uh, after the old firm game. By the way, I was the only person in the whole paper that predicted that Rangers would uh, that you, Rangers would win that match, by the way, because I cause I fancied them. And so now you go but but I, 
I guess this and this is what Gerard. This is a challenge that Stephen Gerrard has got, is that emotionally Rangers fans are up. and It's like going in the Pepsi, yeah. uh, big one at, uh, at Blackpool, you're up and down and up and down and up and down. So so the truth lies somewhere in between. right? Yeah. Um, Rangers are, 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 are not going to be as consistently as good as they, as they showed against Celtic and they're not going to be as consistently bad as they were at Kilmarnock. But what they have to do is they have to find a middle ground that gets the job done. They've won only 12 or 22 yeah, uh, Premiership fixtures. That's 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 a fairly shocking statistic. That's the they thing. need to get a, a level that they can go to places like Rugby Park and Fur yep. Park and New Douglas Park and Tynecastle and Easter Road, and not lose. And for the most of these occasions, win these yeah, games. Th- there was euphoria after the Celtic game, and you, know, you can understand fans getting carried away, you know, with the manner of the victory, and it was so long since they beat Celtic. You then add the two new signings coming in, Defoe and Davis, and suddenly punters are you no know, riding in a crest, of a crest of a wave. But no, it's easy to forget that before Rangers played Celtic, their forum wasn't that great. No, they couldn't beat Dundee away from home. No, they struggled at St Johnson. Uh, I mean, this season alone, the two teams around them, Aberdeen and Kilmarnock, they've not beat any of them yet over the course of course of four games. So it's by no means perfect um, and as Gaz says maybe some people were getting carried away after the, the Celtic game but it shouldn't mask the, no, the clear issue of Rangers winning away from home Absolutely, he's been poor form before that Celtic game but is this game specifically looking at just last night partially not due to the fact that Gerard changed a winning team, a winning system and experimented essentially he's going to this no, midfield but, diamond but, 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 but bringing two up front no, but, What's this changed a winning team and changed a winning system? It wasn't a winning team and it wasn't a winning system. It was a team that had a very good performance against Celtic, and it's a team that has had some very good performances throughout the f- in the first half of the season. Some very good performances, and I think in particular in in in, in Europe, uh, yep. you know, to qualify for the for the group stage and then to to actually do okay um, in the group stage for it for a team. But there's still a team in development. But it wasn't as if Rangers weren't they playing like uh, um, Real Madrid in 1960 in the first half of the the season. So let's not mask that fact. So I think that Steven Gerrard, the one thing he doesn't have necessarily is 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 time. But I think that you have to cut him a degree of slack in the He's only, and I know he doesn't like this word because um, he heard it often enough at Liverpool, but he's only really six or seven months into this project, if you like, at Rangers. And it will take time for them to uh, to, to, to find a, a degree of uh, consistency uh, and, a, a, and a degree of performance. But they should still be doing better than they have been in too many yeah. spells uh, in, 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 in the first half. Do you like the look of the shape though, Gary? Do you like the look of that with Morelos and oh, Defoe up front? Listen, see, you're you're guilty of doing this, Johnny, right? Shape, 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 shape. What is that? Well, look at the shape what, of what me. Is it, what is, what, of course what, I'm obsessed with it. Is it a hamster? Is it the Premiership or a modelling agency? Listen, you can talk about shape, you can talk about formations, you can do- talk about diamonds, rubies and emeralds, whatever you want to talk about, right? The bottom line is that football, in Scotland especially, and when you're playing for the big two, it comes down to 
the determination to win, your determination to impose your um, passion and style on a game that will then allow you to play the way that you want to play a game. So you can say, oh, you know, we need marauding fullbacks or we need central defenders to, you know, to tuck in tighter that Morelis and, and Defoe were too far apart last night. All of these things are, were ultimately true, but the bottom line holds is that Rangers have got a better quality of player than Kilmarnock. And if Rangers players had approached the game with a better attitude, and in a couple of cases, cases Joe Worrell not being as complacent, they would have won that game because they are better football players. Yeah. It had nothing to do with a formation, it had nothing to do with a system, it had nothing to do with anything other than Kilmarnock uh, saw the flaws in the Rangers' uh, mental makeup. Brophy against and they took advantage. I of agree it. with a lot of that, but I still think it was a. I still think it was a big call to change the change the formation that last night. Um, Stephen Gerrard stuck to four three three. I know he always says that no, he's flexible and they can go to three at the back. And I think they only did it once so far this season. He's basically been a four three three man for the entire season. Uh, no, in every competition. But I think the signings of Davis and Defoe made him think about it. Whether he was thinking about it before that, I don't know. But it looks to me like they've went in the winter break to Tenerife and they must have worked on this new system, new formation for a week because he wanted to try and hit the ground running with it. Um, even the Helsinki friendly, for him to go with that diamond in midfield with two up top. No, I heard him saying he wanted like two teams to play in the system. It was almost like... He decided in that January break, I'm changing this and this is the way I have to go. Um, whether it's to accommodate the four that, I don't know. But I was surprised last night when he went with it. I, even though he experimented against Helsinki, I thought after the Celtic game, he would stick to the 4-3-3 and he would leave the four on the bench um, to try and make an impact later on, especially... With the four, no, having played a lot of a lot of football. Listen, I agree with Gary. I'm not saying that was the reason they get beat. They get beat because because of two terrible mistakes. First of all, Warrow, uh, gifting Brophy, and then Ryan Kent playing a no a stupid uh, short square pass that allowed Jordan Jones and and Gary's right. When you look at that Kilmarnock team, I mean Rangers. As I say, over the course of two games, Rangers can't beat that Kelly team. It's testament to Steve Clark uh, and the job he's doing there. But Gary's right. Ultimately, in whatever formation you're in, it comes down to determination, will to win, taking chances, no making silly mistakes, and Rangers fell fell well short last night. But the night. four three three was hardly working for uh, for for Gerard and Rangers at places like. I mean, there's there's umpteen examples where they failed to you know Dundee, of course, um, eh? you know where they've where they've where they've, where they've failed to. Uh, they failed to create enough enough chances, and and, and that's been alone. There's been that Hamilton Aki's game, as I referenced earlier, they ultimately they won four one, but they really toiled to, to to create that day as well. So I think it's within the manager's right to say, particularly away from home, they've looked a bit uh, leaden pace to me, and so maybe I think he's within his right to to, to change it up and pa try to look for a wee bit part of, of part of me admires him. Part of me admires him for deciding mid season. I'm changing the, the shape and the, the, the formation that I've went with up until now. Um, but it's go to work. No, in the first game, the first serious game he's had using it, they've lost 2-1 away from home, slipped further behind in the league. 
and now he's got a major dilemma going into, going into Sunday's game. And to give Stevie Clark a bit of credit, he is the one manager you think very, very tactically astute, knows how to organise a team and block out a game. And if it doesn't quite spark that new formation, then he's the one guy that you think, mm, he'll, he'll pick up on this yeah. very, very quickly and how the, to stop it. The other thing about the diamond is, I mean, I, I don't see that many teams using it. I mean, the, probably the most famous one recent times, no, just for me watching football, was, was Brendan Rodgers, ironically, at Liverpool when they nearly won the, won the league. No, he went with a diamond a lot. But you looked at that team, it's like Suarez, Sturridge, Coutinho. <coughs> with all due respect no, to Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, Scott Arfield. If you're going to play that system where you're effectively playing through the middle, we're trying to open teams up with intricate passing and one twos or whatever. I don't really see that as as their game, and that's the no, that's the problem with the diamonds. You take the two wingers out, um, you've got two guys up front. The easiest way to get the ball into those two is from the wide area, but you've no you've no go at that. So you really need the central midfielders. No, to be getting forward, being creative, no, showing a lot of kind of guile in and around the box. And as we've spoken about so many times this season, that's what Rangers have, have lacked. You mentioned that Ryan Kent gave the ball away in a dangerous situation. I think Gerard talked about it after the game, saying that he specifically warned the players before the game not to play cross-field balls. Kent does that, gives the ball away to Jordan Jones, who drives at the defence. Um, I thought that actually uh, McCauley defended it pretty well until about the last second when he backed off and when he should have pressed them. Gary, do you think they defended that poorly? Listen, they did defend it poorly, but a, a guy for whom I've got great respect and think he's been up there as Scotland's player of the year so far for me, Alan McGregor should have saved it. End of story. Yeah. Um, it's a goal that Wes Fodderingham would have, uh, and, and a, 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 a rate certain aspects of Fodringham's game but he loses too many uh, goals from, uh, from 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 distance for me Alan McGregor should have saved it that's 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 the bottom line yes the defence should have should have cut uh, cut out Jordan Jones but it was um, as much as a shot was well struck it should have been saved it's, pr- it's probably the first time you've said that this season one. it's hard to remember any goals getting in Rangers this season you thought McGregor should have stopped that uh, <coughs> but, it, but that shows you how well that he's done that you did look at that goal last night and think, probably should have done better. Well, you know, I think you've got to give Kelly because the number of times that Kelly have gone behind this season and then come back I to know. win games says an awful lot about their um, uh, awful lot about their 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 um, uh, their character, their their motivation, their desire and and, and will to win. Um, and at some point, they're going to have to take Kilmarnock seriously as as, as title challengers. Uh, is Stevie Clark destined for a bigger job, Gary? I think he will be. I think Stevie Clark will go where Stevie Clark ultimately wants to go. I think he's a, he's he's reached that stage in his career. He's got huge experience, um, and he's done wonderful job with 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 Kilmarnock. But let's take Kelly fans a favour and, and let's allow Kelly fans to enjoy him um, for 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 as long as they as, as they've got him. But Steve if, Clark will go where Steve Clark wants to go. If Brendan, if Brendan Rogers walk tomorrow, Clark would be there. Odds-on favourite, surely. Do you think so? I think, I think, I think Lenny. I think a return for Lenny. Could, can Clark play that kind of football that Celtic would expect? Because Kilmarnock, they're not that easy on the eye. No, but, that, but that's a disservice to Stevie. I'm saying Stevie Clark can only play one way. I mean, what he, I'm he asking would... is, can he? Can he coach another way? Because there's a lot of coaches that play a certain style that they don't change it up. Ah, look at the experience, look at Steve experience Clark's exactly. I mean, Come on. I think he's, he's, I think he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a managerial magician. I think that the yeah. sign of a good manager is that he looks at a group of players and says, okay, 
what system do I have to play here to, with, the, with the players that I've got? What's, what's, what's their strengths? What's their weaknesses? How do I how do I mould this into a winning team? And, 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 and he's and he's done that and fantastically well. I tell you what, aside for what he, what his Kelly team do on the pitch in terms of his management off it, how he handled the Jordan Jones situation was terrific. No, when Jones comes out with a tweet, the Kelly fans react badly. The first thing, you know, a lot of managers would have just hid Jordan Jones away, never let him speak to the press, never do another pre-match press conference, maybe try to shy away from the issue itself, hoping that it'll go away and the Kelly fans can, uh, no, he wins them over in time. Instead, Steve Clark, within days, no, doesn't just put Jordan Jones up in front of the media, but actually sits there with him, does the conference together. And basically puts the whole puts the whole issue to bed. Tells Kelly fans exactly, you know how they should be reacting to Jordan Jones, and then he goes out and does does that. Uh, and went straight to his manager after he scored the goal. Yeah, exactly. So brilliant management. Um, and for Rangers, <laughs> it's almost like the the Rangers banter years are now complete when they actually go and sign a player that. That scores a winning scores a winning goal against them to derail their, their potential title bid. Um, it was almost the, the writing was almost in the wall. Talking of title bids, Chris Sutton said after the game that you need ruthlessness to win a title. Uh, do you sense that there's anything there mentally, Gary, that, that that gives you the confidence to say Rangers have that ruthlessness? Because at two one, they they didn't they were essentially powder puff. They didn't really lay a glove. Exactly, and uh, you know, are they, are they, Chris Sutton's right, you know, you do that, and that's what I spoke about earlier on, you need that character, determination, desire, that will to impose yourself on, on games, even when you're not playing well as a team or as an individual, you've still got to bring a, a degree of performance that can get you over the line, because titles, it's a, it's a cliche, I, I, my apologies, I, I write enough of them, so I'll speak them as well, but <laughs> titles are won and lost in cold winter nights at places like Rugby Park and uh, in places like Fur Park, um, and it's what successful title winning teams from the old firm in the last 30 years, Aberdeen were the last team out with the big two to win the title in 1985, it's what they've done relentlessly over the years um, but this is shaping up to be a peculiar um, system but I think Celtic um, Celtic players um, went away after that Ibrox game and I think there was some licking of wounds being done amongst uh, Celtic players um, you know and I think they probably have heard a lot of the noises from around Ibrox way a few from the players a lot from, from, from Rangers fans and I think you'll see Celtic over the course of the next few weeks, just laying down the marker um, that comes from a team that's won seven titles in, uh, in a row. Because I think that the, the team that can put together a stretch run of eight or nine wins is, is going to win this this, this title. Oh, and, 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 and Rangers are, are running out of... Uh, Rangers have yeah. shown nothing so far to, to suggest that they could do that possibly. Scott, Scott, what it's, is also, it? it's also helping Celtic just with the... I don't mean the, the run-in as such, but... I think five of their next seven games are at home. Uh, the Rangers have almost got the flip. So you consider Rangers have got to go to Cowden Beef and then you no know, maybe Kilmarnock in the next round of the cup as well. You no, know, their away games are really stacking up. And as Gaz says, there's now no room for error really for Rangers in terms of the, the, the title. They're effectively six points behind. No, I would say one more slip up uh, and you can basically forget it for Rangers. I've got a question from Snagsy1980. He's saying, why can't Rangers come back from pending defeat? So 2-1, 
he's 10 minutes to go, why do they look so powder puffed? What, what is it, it about It's the been team? a problem. I mean, the, off the top of my head, I can only really think of the, the St. Johnson away game fairly recently when they were kind of pounding, pounding. You thought, they're just going to huff and puff here and no get a goal, but Morelos uh, came, up with, came up with the goods towards the end. But apart from that, you're right. You can't really... It hasn't happened often enough for them. I, I, I think Snagsy's touches on a point, but I don't think it's, 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 it's quite right. Because, as I say, 12 out of 22 games is, is not a good enough start for Rangers. But they have done it. I think that Hamilton game, eh, they did it against St Mirren. Eh, I think they did it against Hearts as well when they came from behind to, 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 to win 2-1. Um, so they, so there, there have been occasions this season when they have... You know they have won games late that looked as if they were going to uh, that they were going to um, just fizzle out. So 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 they have done it, um, but they're just not doing it often enough. A lot of comments about the pitch. I mean that's not an excuse. It's the same for both teams. But I mean played, these pitches are yeah they terrible. are. But I mean in terms of last night, Rangers played in the pitch uh, in the League Cup earlier in the season and were excellent. Uh, was it three one when Morelos getting the getting the goals. Um Rangers were well on top that day and actually you no know, took their took their chances by far the better team uh, and got the got the victory. So no certainly no no excuses uh, no excuses for last night. Gary question from at Cami twenty six. Um do you think that Jack and Davis can play in the same midfield or are they too similar? Oh, I don't think they're too similar at all. Um, I think that you know Jack's much more uh, a much more aggressive uh, player than uh, than Davis. I like Davis um, because he can play through the middle or, or just off to the left, and he's the kind of guy that Rangers have lacked in the first half of the season that can see that we pass and behind that we clever reverse pass that we clever, you know, just we didn't and behind a and uh, behind a defence. I don't think that they're uh, I don't think that they're similar players at all. I think um, as a player, Davis is much more crafty than Ranger. I think it'll be interesting to see whether Stephen Gerrard tries Davis as the the kind of sitter in midfield. I know he's not got the aggression of a a Jack, but as we spoke about when people were talking about Davis coming and whether it was the right the right signing or no, no, I said that I, I had kind of question marks over it just because I think Davis has changed his game in recent years. I think he is more of a sitting midfielder, sitting in front of the back four building attacks as opposed to the Davis that, that, that was at Ibrooks years ago when he was bombing box to box. To box. Um, so I just wonder whether Gerard will maybe try Davis as the as the sitter, uh, whether that means taking Jack out or no, I don't know. Um, but the other interesting thing about the midfield was taking Ross McCrory out, out for the Celtic game. I, I thought last night, as well as everything else, up against that Kelly midfield, you no know, Dicker, Power, Shibola, Rangers lacked a bit of physicality. They, they suddenly looked like a looked like a wee team again. Scott, Scott for me, you're, you're, you're spot on. Yeah, I would have McCrory and uh, watching Rangers. I would have and McCrory and the team more often than not, and particularly away from home yeah. because I th- I, look, he's still raw. I think he overcommits in the tackle yeah. sometimes, um, risks injury and, and, and cards as a result of that. But he's got a real physical presence, a yeah. real aggression about him, and, I, and, and he also is a, a kind of guardian, if you like, um, in front of the uh, in front of the back four as well. I like him a lot, and I think he should be. Um, but he's not going to be out on uh, on loan. I mean, there's teams were want to have yeah. been wanting to sign him. Um, and he might possibly have looked at a, a loan deal had he uh, not been part of Gerard's 
plans in yeah. the second half of the season. But Steven Gerrard has obviously given him uh, some comfort that he's 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 going to be uh, he's going to be involved. I just think we go away from home when you take McCrory out. Obviously, Koulibaly's came out as well. He wasn't playing well, but you take him out as well. Even taking Candias out, no, to change the, the formation, you get the four in. You do lose a bit of height, a bit of, a bit of physicality in there, and I, th- I think away from home, and I get to see, listen, it's easy with hindsight again, but last night, I thought they lacked, uh, they lacked a wee bit of that, especially in the middle of the park. Got one from at Ibrox Chat, who's saying, can you help debunk the myth that for the first 20 minutes we were playing really well and the system was working? The reality is our defence had most touches of the ball and played passes between themselves as we struggled to break through Killy's lines of defence. I don't know about, as much about the system working, but they, they, they looked a threat you know, for, for open play and for, for set pieces. And certainly Kilmarnock weren't, weren't really troubling them. I thought Kent was was getting involved in the game. He was obviously giving licence to kind of roam. He was popping up neither. Fl- either flatter side. to deceive again, though. This is my big bugbear with Ryan Kent. I really like him as a player and flashes, but you saw he had that opportunity where he, um, just before Defoe poked the goal and he missed a very, very good chance yeah. and he didn't really create that much. No, well, we've said it before. He's a very good player, but he has to, if he's going to kind of go to that next level, he has to take it up a notch in terms of numbers with assists and and goals, I think he's still get that bit to go, but but I think the talent's there and the ability's there, it's just whether he can, as I say, take it to that next level. I don't disagree with that, but I do think that Ryan Kent introduces a degree of chaos in the final third with uh, with his runs and also with his movements as well, which I think can help open up the tightest of uh, tightest of defences yep. at times. And I think that's what Gerard likes about him. His assists and goals stats aren't particularly good, but I think... Um, you know, I, I think that he can, uh, yeah, just bring a bit of unpredictability. Ah, I would always, in, I would always in, have him in the team. But I, mm, I would, I, I think Candace is a is, is is a better option in the in, in the team from uh, from a wide area, even though his 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 deliveries are, uh, are, are are shocking at times. I know we've touched on it, but a lot of questions about Joe Worrell and whether or not he should be dropped for the next game. Is that a fait accompli, Scott? It's not a fait accompli because there's times this season when I've thought Worrell. Deserved to be dropped, and he, and he wasn't. Uh, particularly at the start when Katic first kind of dropped out of the team, everybody expected Katic to come back in, but Worrell kept his place. Look, whether Andy likes it or not, Stephen Gerrard is a huge fan of Joe Worrell. I think he was one of the guys he was desperate to get in pre season, possibly even before Katic arrived. Um, he sees him as a real young, promising English centre half with all the with all the tools to no to be a big player, eh, either at Rangers or, or back down the road. Um so will he be dropped for Sunday? Probably not. And if he is, it just means more uh, more disruption to the to the back four. Um because I mean he has played Goldson and Warrell together more often than not, so he'll probably be desperate to get those two back back together again. I think uh, the, the I think the absence of Goldson is, is a lot because I think Goldson's a, a steady and influence on yeah. uh, on Warrell. I'm not so sure that Warrell would have been so uh, laissez fair on the yeah. in, in possession last night had, had Goldson been um, been beside him because I think he, he barks instructions. Cer- um, certainly but- can I try those turns at Livy on Sunday because if you thought Kelly were going to be in your face Livy will be even more so mm-hmm. uh, on a tighter, probably worse astro pitch than, than Rugby Park. So It's almost the worst fixture you could have. It is. As I said that it's on the last night. I mean, 
somebody said to me, oh, it's going to be a similar game on Sunday. It's actually going to be harder for Rangers, tougher, because at least last night they went into the game on a high with a bit of momentum after the old firm. They went in positive, started the game really well. They're now getting into the Livy game off the back of a poor performance at Rugby Park, knowing, as we touched on earlier, that, that there just can't be any more any more slip-ups. I disagree. I think it's the perfect game for Rangers because they, 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 they lost 1-0 at Livingston um, earlier in the season. So if ever you're... Um, You've you've got a team that your team talks already said you you know you've underperformed against Kilmarnock. You were abysmal here earlier in the season at uh, the, the 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 Tony Macaroni. Um, so go out and and and, and prove that you are uh, that, that that you're better players and go out and prove that that result here earlier in the, in, in in the season was it was an absolute freak. So. Um, it comes down to mentality, it comes down to mental strength, it comes down to how much Rangers players want to win because they've ultimately um, they've got more quality than any other team in the league than Celtic and it really comes down to them bringing their, uh, bringing their best performances for, for that club. Final question from the floor um, or Twitter. Uh, what business do you think Rangers should do in January? Any names you think would boost Rangers or positions that need strength? And that's from at Rangers 1015. Scott? I'm not sure about names, but certainly as we've been banging Scott on, Allen and Ryan Gould have gone. I know as we've been banging on for the you no know, for the full first half of the season, they still need somebody creative. I think in the the final third, uh, if Stephen Davis was the answer to that problem, I don't think it's going to work. As I've as I've spoke about before on here, um, they need. Somebody with energy, somebody with creativity, that final killer pass, you know, whether it's for a wide area or just in behind the front. Uh, and I think Stephen Gerrard must must know that. He must know he's maybe lacking that one player. They'll be difficult to find, whether it's a, a young guy in loan uh, for down south again or whether they go and spend more money. Um, I think if he could make one more addition before the window closes, that would be it. Gary, I wouldn't. No, I, I I don't think he needs that type. I think Davis is 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 is, is a player who will is got a, a, enough of a pedigree to 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 deliver from Rangers. I think it was a really bad night for Rangers, um, but I, I still think that they've got enough in their squad. And for once, you're now looking at a Rangers bench and thinking, well, they've got they've got options there at least. So unless players go out. I wouldn't see any coming in um, because there's already you've got to, at some point you've got to say look I've had from Gerard's point of view I've, I've had too much of a turnover I think that's maybe about seventeen or eighteen players yeah. now and you have to find a settled squad and and, and just what I think a guy Polsler's coming in that's enough it's, it's it's really down to the group that he's got there now and it's really down to Gerard and Gary McAllister and the coaching staff there to say look you guys are good enough we believe they obviously do to go and win this title. Let's go and show us that 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 you can uh, that you can deliver for us. Okay, we're going to move now in our final segment where we look at whether or not Rangers should accept a bid for Alfredo Morelos. We ran the story um, from uh, Gavin Berry that Nice are looking at the Colombian centre forward uh, and looking to prepare a bid of around eight million pounds. I think Rangers are going to kick out fairly swiftly if that does come in. Scott, is there an argument now? that a deal of maybe 12, 13, 14 million should be accepted by Rangers and that money should be used to help build the squad for next season because 
it'll be going for nine in a row next year, ten in a row after that. Rangers need to get moving if they're going to start getting to a position where they can put in a proper title challenge. Johnny, if you're talking 13 or 14 million, then you bite, bite the hand off. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, to me, to me, 8 million for Morelos is kind of right on the cusp of temptation for, for Rangers. And I know some people say, oh no, I just dismiss 8 million's not enough. I think 8 million's right on the kind of edge of, you know, would make Rangers look at it. I know Stephen Gerrard's saying, no, we can't sell him. And of course, even about to sell your top striker, certainly in the January window, uh, you'd much rather do it in the summer if you were going to do it at all. Um, I don't think he'll go for 8 million because they are trying to go for the the title and they'll probably think, as you say, if you're going to try and rebuild the squad using the money, eight million's probably not enough. But I think if you if you start getting into the uh, figures like 12, 13, 14, then there's only one decision, I'm, I'm afraid. Gary? Listen, what, what's, his, what's his value? <sighs> you're, listen, the values is, is what, what anybody is willing to pay, you know. You're saying, you know, will they sell at this and will they sell at that? Look, I'd love to frolic around a paddling pool of strawberry jelly with Kylie Minogue. Now, is it, does that mean it necessarily mean it's going to happen? So we can say, you know... You've still got it, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's true. Uh, yeah. I think she's uh, she's partnered yeah. up just now. That's, anyway, so you can say, yeah, 8 million, 10 million, 12 million, 14 million. The, the bottom line is that you've got to have clubs in and making genuine bids at this level as well, not just showing an, an interest, not just saying we're, we're, we're thinking about it. They've actually got to come to the Rangers board and say, look, we want this player. And also Morelis has got, uh, he's been lavishly rewarded with, I think, two or three new contracts now from Rangers. And uh, how many advisors will have a, a say in this as well? So even if Rangers were tempted to accept a, an £8 million from a club such as Nice, for example, great place to go and live, but would it necessarily be the best place for Morelis to um, spend the next uh, stage of his career? I'm not convinced. And with Scott, I think if you start getting 10, 11, 12 million pounds, it would be folly of the Rangers board not to sit down and seriously consider that, um, particularly given where the club's finances um, uh, have been and with the number of soft loans that, that, that Dave King and, and co have put in there. And I tell you what, if they were to get 12 million quid, it would effectively pay for the debacle of the Cachinha regime as well, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, and he was responsible for, for, for bringing him to the club. Um, but you need clubs to come to the table with this kind of money in the first place. Scott, would the fans stomach it? That's the question. For 12, 13 million? Yeah, I think they would. As I say, I think mid-season, to let them go for eight, uh, especially at this stage in the window where you've not got a lot of time to, to get a replacement, if indeed you were going to get a replacement after bringing in uh, Defoe and you've already got Lafferty there um, I think the fans would be would be pretty angry if they let them go now but certainly as I say if you're talking 12, 13, 14 million most fans would accept it for a guy listen but Morelos he's obviously got loads of potential but there's still a lot of work to do he's nobody can argue with his goal record now this year he's did he's been brilliant for them um, but I think Non general play outside the box, he's link up playing. I think there's still a lot of work to do, and I, I think if you could get, if you get that kind of money for him, then you no, know, you sit back and say, listen, it's 
brilliant scouting, whoever done it, whether it was Jonathan Johansson, Pedro Cassini, whoever, to get the guy in for one million quid, no, unknown Colombian, two years later to sell him for no, 12, 13 million. That's brilliant business and it's the kind of business that Rangers no, haven't done for years and, and should be should be looking to do far more often in the future. Guy, just before we go, um, can I have your prediction for Sunday's game against Livingston? How do you think the Jers will get on in that one? You're going to have to give me two minutes. I'm still thinking about Kylie Minogue. <laughs> um, listen, I think this is this, 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 Livingston don't concede many goals. They're especially good at, uh, at, at home. But Rangers have got to win. So I think that Rangers will win and I think that they'll win 2-0. Purely for the reasons we've spoken about in terms of no more slip-ups, I, I think Rangers will win. But like I think it will be really tight, horrible to watch. I think if they get out of there with a 1-0 victory, Stephen Gerrard would take that just now. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Scott. Well, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at Scott McDermott 8. And Gary is at Phantom FGAU. Oh, sorry, Gaz. (laughs) Sorry, giving away your trade secrets there. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. And Thanks Kyle, for you can uh, get me via the operator <laughs> at the, uh, the main reception. On fire, on the edge of the wire, on the edge of desire. Let your body